Are your kitchen and bathroom way overdue for a remodel? Well, I got the guy for you. Call John Sellers at First Response Contracting, 484-256-7136. Both residential and commercial services, and he's licensed and insured. Call him at 484-256-7136, First Response Contracting. Hello, this is Brad Wiseman, and you're listening to Real Estate NU. We have a really cool guest here today, and uh, we tried to do some live streaming today, but it didn't work out so well, but that's all right. We're going to work on that and get that up and running a little bit better, uh, but I have Bryce Stewart is uh, my guest today, and he's a guy that's um, basically retired at the age 41, and he was a teacher first. And it's just a, a really, really cool story. It just shows you how anybody can get into investing in real estate uh, and, and make it a success. And this guy's going to tell you how he does that. And uh, so without further ado, I'm going to bring in Bryce Stewart. Bryce, how you doing, man? Hey, Brad. Thanks so much. I appreciate that introduction. Oh, no, and, no uh, problem. I'll, I'll give you a little clarification. I'm 41 years old now, but I retired at age 35. That's right. I uh, forgot about that. See, I just I just want to make you older because I'm 50. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's just the way it is, man. So when I'm 50, everybody's 41 at this point. So that's just the way it is. Right. right. <laughs> so 35. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading your story and it just kind of blew me away. And it's, it's, it's definitely what I call the American dream. It really mm-hmm. is. You know, I mean, what you're, what you did and, and, and what you, what you're accomplishing right now. It's just pretty awesome. So tell me, give me a little background about, you know, how you make uh, a decision to go from teaching into what you're doing now. And one of the things I wrote down as a note, and you'll get a kick out of this, I said, I I put this as a a question. How does the conversation go with your wife when you come home and you say, (laughs) when you come home and say, hey, by the way, I'm going to quit teaching, which has an amazing pension, has great health insurance, and I'm going to actually just go into this investing full time. How'd that go? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, let me, for your listeners, I just want to give them a contrast for where I was and where I am so they can get a picture sure, of why sure. they should even listen to me. So I'll start with where I am, actually. At this point, I have uh, I'd say around four and a half, maybe $5 million of real estate in Northampton County, Pennsylvania. Awesome. Uh, it's all in the city of Bethlehem, which to give a context is about an hour north of Philadelphia, maybe an hour and change west of New York City. It's in the Lehigh Valley, which is the third largest metro area in the state of Pennsylvania. So, uh, and I'm in Bethlehem, which is a city of about 78,000 people. Wow. Yeah. So some of, some of my story is dependent on that context. I said it say in my book, uh, you know, as I kind of lay out how it happened to us or happened for us, that it it really won't work everywhere. If you're in the middle of nowhere, you're going to have a hard time doing what I did. So if Got you're it. you live in the middle of Montana or somewhere else where there's just not rental demand, it's a lot harder to do what I'm talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. But. It, at this point, my I don't have a job. I don't have a W two job anyhow. My sole, my family's income. My wife and I have four daughters, and our uh, income is strictly from. I'm a real estate agent, and I do mostly referrals at this point. So I get referral income, but then bulk of our income is just rents from the properties that we own, and that funds our lifestyle at this point. It That's means awesome. I can put in about three to five hours in a week, and it makes me. 
about three times as much money as I was making as a teacher putting in 50 hours a week. Yeah, right. It's amazing. So that's the dream, but that wasn't, you know, it was certainly not in my uh, perspective when I was teaching. Uh, like a lot of Americans, I, I went through the school system. I got reasonably good grades. Uh, I went to a, a pretty good college and got graduated uh, magna cum laude with a degree in education. And I had a chance conversation when I was 23 years old uh, that really changed the trajectory of my life. I was working for an attorney in Westchester. That's where I'm from. Uh, Westchester is a suburb outside of Philadelphia. Sure. And uh, I was living at home right after college. I, I still had school debt. I had car debt. And I was in my, living in my high school bedroom, you know. <laughs> and my dad was the kind of guy who uh, was charging me $300 in rent because he said, hey, you have a job and you graduated college, so you got to pay rent. And uh, I worked with a, another guy who was 23 years old. And as we got to know each other, you know, he asked me, where do you live? And I kind of sheepishly said, I still live with my parents in my, you know, the same bedroom I was in in high school. Which is not and uncommon, him, just so you know. That's not right. uncommon. Your story there is no. not uncommon at all. I mean, it happens a lot. I think especially if you're someone in your early 20s uh, in the midst of COVID, that's an almost universal description of of, of your predicament. Uh, you hope to be at college and maybe you're not there or you just finished and really your plans for what you were going to do after graduation didn't pan out and uh, you're waiting for the next uh, season of life. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It's not that uncommon. No, it's it might, it might not. not even be a bad idea for a lot of people, too. Well, you can save some money. You get and, on your feet. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But I could not afford my loan payment and my car payment and to get an apartment, um, even with a roommate. So I said that to this coworker of mine, and I asked him, where do you live? And he said that he and his college roommate had purchased a four-unit apartment building in Norristown, Pennsylvania, and that they they roomed together in one of the apartments and rented the other three apartments out. And I kid you not, Brad, I had no idea what he was talking about. (laughs) This sounded so foreign to you, right? Yeah, it was not. I had grown up in, in like American suburbia. So, you know, most of my friends didn't live in apartments. We never lived in an apartment. At least not. I have to remember. And even when I went to college, I went to a school that had four-year dormitory housing. So I never had had to, like, negotiate with a a rental landlord in college for an apartment. Right. So in my my mind, like, apartments were where Jerry Seinfeld lived on, you know, the Seinfeld show or Chandler and Joey on Friends. That's what I thought when I heard apartments. That's funny. it sounds crazy, but I didn't even think that that regular people could own an apartment. I thought only big corporations owned apartment buildings. So it didn't make sense to me when this guy said, no, we own a four-unit apartment building. And how old are you at this point? This is your – how old are you, 25? 20, I, was, I was 23, 23, and my coworker was also 23. So I started, I started peppering him, and I said, well, what do you mean like you guys own it? Like the two of you guys actually own it? And he said, yeah, we own it. And I said, isn't there like a large mortgage payment on something like that? He said, well, it's not small, but to be honest with you, we use the rents from the other three apartments to pay the mortgage every month. And I said, well, what about like taxes? Isn't there real estate taxes and I think insurance? Who pays that? He said, well, it's 
it's not small, but again, we pay it with the with the rents that we get from the other three units. And in my mind, I'm like trying to poke holes in right, this guy's right. you know setup. Like, okay, something's not doesn't add up here. So I'm like, well, yeah, I bet there's like a super high water bill or like electric bill, right? And he said, well, to be honest with you, our tenants each are have their own meters. They're billed directly wow. to the you know public utility, which is nice. So, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, he nice, said. So yeah. I don't know. He said, I don't know what they use, but to be honest with you, we pay our water bill and our electric bill with the rents that we get from the other three units. And I kid you not, Brad, I was like, I was, I was angry. I'm like, so you're living there for free? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm li- I'm paying $300 a to month to live in my high school bedroom. Uh, that's funny. And you guys are living for free. And he stops me and says, actually, it also puts $100 a month in each of our pockets. Oh, my gosh. You guys probably wanted to punch this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, point, I was like, so, I'm getting ticked. I just couldn't believe it. I, I, I was ma- I actually, I was mad, Brad, but I wasn't mad at him. I you're was mad. At mad that I that no one had told me yeah, yeah. that you could make money like that. You know, I thought people make money from their job, and that's it. Yeah, the whole work, so the whole was, passive income thing didn't come to doesn't usually yeah. get brought up. Well, you know, it's it's interesting no. about that, Bryce. They don't teach that in high school. They don't teach that in college, really, unless you're going to, for real estate investment. But the reality is, nobody really talks about multiple streams of income. Nobody ever talks about passive income. You know, nobody ever no. talks about having your money work for you instead of you work for your money. You know, those are the things I mean, that we just exactly don't hear about. Right. Yeah. And it's possible that I had run into it and I just didn't have ears to hear um, sure. earlier in my life. I mean, my, my dad was a Presbyterian minister and, uh, and my mom was a elementary school librarian. So they were good. They were very good people. They, they were good providers for me and for my siblings. We, we never really lacked recipes, but they were not blazing any entrepreneurial trails for me. Gotcha. Um, and so I just didn't, you know, because they, they prioritize different things. Yeah. And, then there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's, that's just, no. a, that was their life and their lifestyle and everything that, that they, that they knew and did. And it is funny how that you just don't know about these things until either somebody tells you or you venture out and find new things. You're a Presbyterian pastor. You have to prioritize shepherding your flock, you know, exactly. it, it, you might, might not serve them well if you're off trying to do uh, entrepreneurial deals. So I love my parents. My dad's my hero, but this just wasn't in their script. And so I encountered it for the first time at age 23. So, so then, okay. So at 23, you encounter this, this, uh, wow, this, um, I should say like, a, you know, what do they call it? An aha moment is what we say in Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. And, um, so all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is something I can do. When, when did you buy the first place? So it didn't happen for a while, but it did plant a seed in my mind. You know, I think for a lot of people, that's how it happens. Is you hear about it. Well, I'll say this. For some people, they hear about passive income streams. Mm-hmm. And the, the only place they ever hear about it is like on maybe a, a late night uh, infomercial yes. or yep. like a YouTube video. And it seems very uh, maybe snake oil salesman kind of yeah. stuff. Well, there's, so, th- those things are typically not things we consider to have a lot of integrity. So we then, exactly. so then we discount it and we go, oh, well, this can't be true because it's on late at night. Exactly. Or maybe it just seems too exotic. Yeah. That, you know, like mm-hmm. I get in theory, maybe it's true, but it's not for somebody like me. But at age 23, I had like social proof right in front of me. You know, I'm, the, my coworker was not lying to me. That mm-hmm. was actually what they had bought and what they were doing. And so, it smacked me right in the face as being something that wasn't just 
you know, uh, somebody trying to trick me into buying their, their program or product or seminar. It was something that this guy That's had done. Real. So I asked him, yeah, I said, how did you, who, who told you how to do this? How did you figure this out? And he brought in the book for me the next day, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> Read that which, book. It's a great book. You know, it's great. It's, it really definitely lays it out there. It does. It's not, it's not granular enough to tell you how to close, let's say, a specific deal, but it Correct. does give a good 30,000 foot view of yep. kind of, you know, what, what game are you playing? Yep, absolutely. And uh, so uh, fast forward a few years, the job I had been working kind of fell apart with that coworker. I got a teaching job and I got married uh, at age 26. And my wife and I bought a one-bedroom condominium in Bethlehem that was a brand-new luxury one-bedroom condominium. It was in a a retrofitted Bethlehem steel foundry. Oh, yeah, sure. Really, it was a neat place, a great uh, great place to live. It was fun. It was exciting. And for us as newlyweds, it was was nice to have a place that belonged to us. But we we bought in 2006, essentially, at... The height of the market. 2006 is, does not, when you're an agent, it's not a great, it just wasn't a good year after 2006. Right. And I, I got to be honest with you, Brad, I didn't, going into it, I didn't really do the math of what are the carrying costs mm. uh, associated with this place. I should have done it. I should have added up like, okay, what's the principal and interest? Right, right. What's the monthly real estate taxes, the insurance, and then is a condo, so HOA fees. And it came down to it that uh, a year and a half after we bought the place, we found out that we were pregnant with our first oh daughter. So it was only then that I did the math and realized, one, the market had completely yeah. tanked, especially, especially for condominiums. How much do how much you think you lost from 2006 to 2008? Oh, gosh. So we were we owed 150 on it, mm-hmm. and similar places were selling for like 85 Yeah. Yeah, that's not and a good, so, that's not good. No, we were underwater. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So was and, everybody else. So, so was everyone else, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know, that didn't help my, my nope. position. I, and, and I'm like, okay, so we couldn't sell because we would not be able to make up the difference between what we owed in the loan and what we could get. Mm-hmm. And that's when I did the math. Okay. If we rent it out, what can we rent it out for? And, and we realized it was costing us $1,400 a month in like fixed uh, carrying costs. And the most we were going to get in rent was like $1,100. Right. So our predicament was at the very time when we probably needed to get to have more money because we were going to be adding a mouth to feed. And my wife was looking at maybe reduced hours. We were also looking at losing $300 per month on this condo. Right. And it was it That's was not, not great. good. That's not good. Not no. a good situation. Exactly. And it gets worse. <laughs> we we found a we found a, prof- a Lehigh professor that was willing to rent uh, from us for eleven hundred dollars, which is great. And then we rented a two bedroom apartment, so we were simultaneously tenants and landlords. Wow, interesting. That is that because you need the space? I guess. Yeah, we wanted the extra bedroom for the baby, and uh, just felt like we needed that more. Like a one bedroom condo really wasn't going to work for a gotcha. family of three. Gotcha. So you rented another so we, place and then rented your exactly. place. Got it. Yeah, we rented a third floor, two bedroom walk up apartment in downtown Bethlehem. My poor wife, uh, with a C section and a baby, is carrying you know a oh baby seat gosh. up two flights of stairs. And I'm teaching 
uh, you know, six, I was a sixth grade teacher at a middle school in Bethlehem. And I come home uh, one day after work, maybe my daughter's five months old. And I, I walk up the stairs in the door and my daughter is crying her head off in the crib. And my wife is on the ground in the middle of the living room in the fetal position, uh, bawling her eyes out. Oh, no, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not like, a good I'm, way to I'm come home. In. No, I'm like, what's going? Are you OK? What's the matter? Are you all right? What's, are you hurt? What's going on? And she looks at me and she goes, I'm pregnant again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so, oh man. So that, how so how that, was your, your first one? If, and you she found was it? five months old. Oh, my so gosh, Bryce. We had two kids, 13 months apart, and had a condo that was losing us money. And my wife had taken reduced hours after oh our first goodness. child, but it meant that, like, with two basically two infants, she was not going to be able to work at all. And oh so my gosh. We, well, yeah, because we otherwise you'd be quickly. paying you'd be paying daycare for two, and and that's yeah, exactly. that's more expensive than than anything. Yep. So in very short order, we went from having two salaries and two mouths to feed to having one salary and four mouths to feed and losing money every month on a, uh, a condo that we were upside down in. So you had no choice but to do something else. Exactly <laughs> right. I had a, a come to Jesus uh, moment. Uh, I remember taking a walk and thinking back to that coworker that I had um, met when I was 23 years old and thinking, how, how can I do what that guy did? Because if anybody needs to live for free, in a, in a house or in an apartment, it's me and my, my wife and my, you know, little kids. Right. So I started thinking, like, okay, how do I, how do I duplicate this? And a couple of weeks later, I'm driving to work. I stop at a red light and I look, thankfully it was red. I stop and I look over on the corner and I see a place for sale with a yard sign out front. And I noticed that the place has two electric meters on the side of it. And it has right. two mailboxes on the front porch. And I thought, I bet that means that it's a, like a two unit or a sure. duplex. Yeah. So I go to work and I say, I'm going to stop by on the way back home. I, I on the way home, I stop. I I write down the agent's number. I give them a call, and I say, Hey, I just I don't even know what this is called, but is this like a multi-family listing? And the agent says, Yeah, it's a two two family, multi-family. It's a duplex. I say, Okay, are, am I able to you know set up a showing? So. Then I go home and tell my wife, hey, I'm interested in going to see this other place to buy. And, of course, she says, are you kidding me? We already are losing money on the place we own. You know, where do you, how do you think we're going to get enough money? That You're nuts. You're crazy. Right. And uh, some of that was probably postpartum depression. Yeah, but, uh, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I would think. I mean, the poor, the poor girl has uh, another baby on the way. Or is that yeah. you already have? I mean, geez, that's a lot. Yeah, no, we we had our just the one, and we were you know the clock was ticking on uh, having the other bun come out of the oven. So we went and saw the place. I set it up. She she finally agreed to go with me, and we walk in, and it smells like cat piss oh, and cigarettes. Yeah, and the tenants are kind of creepy, and it was also an oddly segmented uh, duplex where there's like a lot of walk through bedrooms. So your and, wife said, um, "Let's buy it." <laughs> yeah. No, we were discouraged, and we, I kind of was ready to write the whole idea off. But, but thankfully, that realtor um, put me on an auto email list for all uh, multifamily listings that would come up in Bethlehem. Right. So a few weeks later, my wife calls me in the middle of 
uh, middle of the day or my lunch break and says, Hey, you just got a, we just got a listing for a, another duplex in Bethlehem. It looks really nice. Cool. And so we go and see it and like, it's, it's gorgeous. It does not smell at all. It's a three story, uh, like townhouse. It, originally it was probably a single family home. Right. But at some point, you know, in the hundred years that it was around, it had been broken up into a first floor, one bedroom apartment. And then the second and third floor were like a combined uh, three bedroom apartment. Nice. I did the math on it and the carrying costs were going to be $1,200 per month. And the rent from the first floor apartment was $600 a month. I figured that that meant our net cost to live there would be $600 a month. And we had been renting, you know, the, the, the other place. third floor walk up was like eight fifty. Yeah. And so it, it was a discount. I was like, I, we can't afford to not do this. Buy this yeah, place absolutely. And move into it. Yeah. Plus, you and, get the tax um, write-offs and the you know, the other tax exactly benefits right. and things. Exactly yeah, right. yeah. Oh, that's uh, cool. Apartment. That's very cool. So that was the beginning so, of the process. Exactly right. And, oh my and gosh! That tells you how someone who really we made we couldn't have done anything worse to set ourselves up for financial success than than what we had you know, gotten to up to that point. Right. I mean, we, we bought wrong at the wrong time. We were losing money on it. We, we had kids probably too quickly. Um, I didn't have a, I didn't even have a high paying job to sort of mitigate those circumstances. Yeah. And it's not like you, um, as a teacher, you can't work overtime. <laughs> No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there I mean is a that's feeling exactly right. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, as a teacher, my wife's a teacher, so I, I, I'm very familiar with that. I mean, there's no working overtime. There's no hey, asking the boss for extra hours on the weekends or anything mm-hmm. like that. It just doesn't happen. Your your salary is your salary. That's it. You got to make it work. So you exactly guys were right. you guys were in a very um, in a situation that you had to do. You had to make this happen. So now, how many yeah. units do you have now currently? So today we have 37 units in Bethlehem. And uh, we have a 38th under contract. The the place that place I was just describing that we moved into the three bedroom. Yeah, this guy had done it really nice, and I, I believed or thought that's how nice you have to make every apartment. Right, got it. So so when we bought places for a while, we lived in the places. That wasn't our last stop. We moved after that and lived in our next place again. Interesting. Um, but we made all the, my entire 37 unit portfolio is like places that have that same, gotcha. you know, New yeah. York loft kind of vibe. And so it has meant that my, my tenant clientele has been people who are w- willing to rent in that, uh, pay, pay level yep. and who, uh, you know, in the midst of COVID, they have tended to be employed by more stable institutions. That's great. And so I have a hundred percent rent collection since last March. Great. Wow, that's unheard um, of. We we barely have any vacancies. I don't even know how to do an eviction. I've been doing this eleven years and I've oh had my zero God. evictions. I, I can tell you how to do that. Let me know sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a bunch of rental properties um years ago and um and then I, I, I kinda liquidated a lot of it. But it's just funny, the eviction yeah. thing is not fun. <laughs> no. It's not. Yeah, and I don't want to do it, but it's, yeah, it's when you fun. have when you hit the right market segment, you tend to avoid yep, yeah, uh, some yeah, of that trickier you're, stuff. You're exactly right. So what? So now you're. So then you you, you obviously retired from your your school your job as a teacher. Your career, mm-hmm. I should say. You went to school for that and everything. And then when did when mm-hmm. did the when did the book come into play? When did you write the book? After I retired, I 
uh, I had a guy, that, a real estate agent, who I kind of mentored because I was uh, during the course of our journey, I got my real estate license on the side. Good. I mean, I went into beast mode for a few years, and like uh, after we bought the duplex, we actually bought a triplex right next door that we moved into, and I was teaching, coaching. I was a real estate agent, and then I would come home at night. We'd get our girls in bed, and then from like eight until one in the morning, oh, I was man. renovating the two units in the place that we lived in. And then I get up at six in the morning and go to school and start the whole all process again. all yeah. over again. Yeah, that that can wear on you. It can, but at, you know, after that duplex that we bought, when I saw, well, first I should say this: if anybody, any of your listeners are in the same boat, if they're twenty two, twenty three years old, I should explain: we got that duplex with FHA financing. Okay, good. Which uh, again, I don't want to insult your because you were living in one. This. You were living in one, and, exactly. and yeah, you're allowed to do that. Yeah, owner occupied. So, and that was the only way we were going to be able to afford it. Sure, because FHA is a three and a half percent down payment. You know, and we bought that duplex for I think one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. So, if I had needed to save up a twenty percent down payment, yeah, there's no that way. would have been thirty-five grand. Forget it; it yeah, would have right. taken me decades. Yeah. And, and that's a um, that's a good way to, to to start actually is to do the uh, owner occupied FHA and yeah. then you kind of just build from there. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you tired of looking at your car covered in road salt and winter grime or not quite getting the results you would like to see from the car wash? Well, I've got just the solution for you. The Detail Shop, your go-to destination for premium auto detailing. Yeah, and then a year later, a year and a half later, we refinanced out of the FHA loan and into a conventional loan. Yeah, sure. So our carrying costs went down to eleven hundred, and we re-rented the place for seven hundred, the the apartment on the first floor for seven hundred, and so our kick in ended up being like four hundred a month. Right. To to really to live in the nicest apartment that you know we'd ever seen. So awesome. that's how, that's I offer that because it, I don't want to I don't want to breeze past it. You know. To get wealthy, you got to own stuff. Yeah. To get rich, you have to own stuff. And the problem is, in most industries, to own something, you need a lot of money to buy something. Yep. And even if you get to a stage where you're trying to buy real estate, where a bank's going to loan you a significant portion of money, commercial real estate banks, they really don't like giving above 75%. Sometimes you can push it to 80% uh, of the value of the property, which means you got to typically come up with the other 25 or 20 percent down payment or hope or sometimes you can get uh i mean you might have done this too is sometimes you get to you get the owner to hold some uh possibly yeah you can do seller yeah. financing yeah. you can do sometimes. hard money you can do that kind of stuff but for the but for, for the most yeah uh, for run of the mill you're you're right it, you're looking at 75 percent uh or 25 percent down 20 percent down and and it's yeah. it's tough i mean that's a lot of cash to come up with that's right and for a for a w-2 income teacher um i that that just wasn't in my universe and and really for most working people they because they're paying for their lives they don't have the opportunity typically to accumulate enough capital to go out and buy an investment asset yeah um the the good thing about an owner occupant fha multifamily is that with a very little amount of down payment, three and a half percent down payment plus closing costs, you can gain possession of and ownership of a six-figure asset. Like for us, a hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar 
essentially investment grade asset. Yeah. That's going to produce income. That's going to uh, give you tax benefits. That's going to give you depreciative uh, write-offs. And that over time is also going to appreciate in both its worth and in the rents that you're able to charge. And so I just think it's, I don't want to breeze past it no, because for I the agree. normal person who has a normal income, that is the best shot at getting a hold of something that's going to build wealth for you long term is because you can leverage it so strongly and with such little risk because at, at the end of the day, you have to live somewhere. Yep. So even taking on the mortgage payment is just taking on essentially a monthly housing payment. Yeah, I agree. That's probably one of the the things that I'm amazed that most people don't look into, especially as a first time buyer. You know, you mm-hmm. could a first time buyer could buy a property that is a two unit or a three unit. You know, owner occupied. They move into it. One of the you know, and and they could live in a very small apartment, rent out the two larger apartments, and basically live mm-hmm. for free or have some cash flow. You know, I mean, exactly it's just, right. that to me is just. I always was surprised that that more young people or more first-time buyers aren't, aren't doing that with FHA. It's definitely a great opportunity. Yeah, Every state in the country, housing is, for most people, the largest cost in their budget. So yep. you have the opportunity to, to both give yourself long-term investment success and to mitigate the, the biggest budget expense for most people's lifestyle. Yeah, I agree. So I just think it's a, it's a great opportunity, and it's only it's because of the way our banking system is set up and the the subsidies that our government gives to to help people buy homes. Yeah, definitely. So tell me, if somebody gets this gets a hold of this book, is that is yes. all this stuff going to be in there? Yes. Yeah, I walk you through it step by step with some of our both budget math and uh, some of the process of you know how we got approved for a loan. And here's the thing: it's not a reference book. Because I've found a lot of times you buy a, a real estate or investing book, and it's like it's like trying to drink out of a fire hose. Yeah, this is it's the, it's a story for us, but it, it gives you a picture, kind of like rich dad poor dad, of the steps you can take to to set you up for for financial success, and in a, a way that a normal family like my wife and I would do. Right. No, so it, it, there was nothing special about us. My, I, the highest math course I took in college was elementary teaching math. Methods. Right, right. And I didn't at the time have a real estate license. You know, I didn't have any real specific expertise. I was just a teacher who was desperate to change my income picture and to try to get us on the, you know, uh, getting ahead rather than falling behind. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I, I tell so you what. Fast- um, yeah, go ahead. I, I just I wanted to have you wrap it up and tell me: Is there anything that you have for advice for anybody looking to do what you're doing? What's the biggest thing that you've learned? What's the best best advice you could give? We did not have any consumer debt when we did this. So, as great as it sounds, if you've got other budgetary problems going on, solve those first before adding any risk to your plate. Gotcha. Because Smart. it's not a risk free choice. So. Uh, get a get a budget if you want or uh, you know point in the right direction. There's a website called youneedabudget.com. It is a terrific tool. It's the closest thing to digital envelopes for your money that you can get. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Dave Ramsey, but yeah, he, of course, people yes, who, people who struggle with budgeting, he makes them get their paychecks out in cash and put them in put the money into in actual envelopes. Yep, in envelopes. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, this uh, program does it as like digitally so that you don't actually oh, that's have to cool. take out the cash. And say that again. What's it called? It's called You Need a Budget. It costs $50 per year, which I'm going to be honest with you, that's less than the price of one marriage counseling session. 
and it has done more <laughs> wonders for my marriage. Being able, to, you know, couples fight about money. Oh, absolutely! So, Actually, it's uh, probably one of the number one things people fight about is couples. Yeah, exactly. So that helped us organize our household budget, and then in the process too, we we've been acquiring real estate, which has helped us on the income side. Excellent. Uh, to to bring more and more in. Excellent. Excellent. The book, you um, I'm sure I'll give you the link to put in the show notes for your listeners. It's uh, for sale on Amazon. You can get either the Kindle version or the paperback version. But it walks you through step by step how we did it. And I take you from that, you know, that uh, day when my wife's on the floor in the middle of the living room <laughs> crying all the way through the day when I, I walked in and handed my resignation to my principal and said, hey, it's been great. I'm retiring. I'll see you later. That's cool. That's really cool. That's a good. That's that had to be an amazing moment. It was fun. It was good. I didn't, you know, I didn't do it with any vindictiveness, but it was nice to get the freedom. Oh, absolutely. That is total freedom right there. Well, I want to thank mm-hmm. you, Bryce, for coming on the show today. I I really really appreciate it for taking the time to to give us a little bit about your situation, your story here, which I think is an awesome story. I I would suggest anybody should come out and and pick up a copy of that House Hacker's Guide. It uh, sounds mm-hmm. really cool. There's um, also just going on your website, which I think is just your name dot net. Is that right? That's right, Bryce Stewart, which is B R Y C E S T E W A R T dot net. That gives you my author page, which has a link to my book and to other podcasts that I've been on. Yeah, and there's all kinds of good stuff on there. It was really cool to look at. I like that video you did also. There's so much on there. So thanks so much for coming out uh, to be on the show today via via our phones. Uh, the streaming didn't work, but next time we'll try and get that to work too. So uh, thanks a lot, Bryce, for being on the show. Terrific. Thanks. Take care. Well, there you have it. That was Bryce Stewart. Uh, what an amazing uh, story there, going from teacher to real estate investor. That's uh, just so, so much information there. Pick up his book, uh, check out his website, and, uh, and thanks for listening. I, I really appreciate it. Are your kitchen and bathroom remodels a little overdue? Well, now's your chance to call First Response Contracting. John Sellers will take care of you. 484-256-7136. They do residential and commercial, and they're licensed and insured. Give them a call at 484-256-7136.